Welcome to Stride, Organizing with Purpose, a podcast from Blue Future. My name is Morgan Starr, and I'm the co-executive director at Blue Future. Blue Future envisions a world where no matter our color or origin, our income or zip code, desire and determination are the only things getting in the way of young people's ability to push for a transformative and progressive agenda. We are on a mission to inspire, mobilize, and invest in young people across race and place to organize for a brighter tomorrow. The determined and passionate voices of young people deserve to be heard. This podcast called Stride, Organizing with Purpose, is giving young people a platform to spread their ideas and share their work. This is an opportunity for youth leaders to practice your public speaking and messaging, to build confidence in our ability to talk to press and the media, and to share our collective vision of the brightest future. Welcome back to the Stride Podcast, Organizing with Purpose, here with Blue Future. We are excited today to be joined by my fellow colleague, Maria Reynoso, as well as one of our former organizers, Mia Stevenson. Mia, thank you so much for being here today. We're so happy to have you. I'm jealous that you are down in sunny Florida when I'm up here in the cold in D.C. with Maria, but Mia, please introduce yourself. Thanks for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. I was born in Florida, in Broward County, which is very much a Democratic stronghold. And I actually got into organizing in 2018-ish, around the time of the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas shooting. I didn't go to school there, but I did live 15, 20 minutes away. And so it hit really close to home for me. So that's where I kind of got my start in, okay, this is what I want to do. This is how I want to make a change. And from there, I just took off. I got especially involved in the 2020 general election with Swing Left, with the Florida for Biden campaign, especially in my area. And I've been trying to keep up, keep involved ever since. That's so fantastic, Mia. And we're so happy again to have you here and to share all this with us. And just to talk a little bit more about your organizing experience, how you really got started. Can you talk to us a little bit more about why you wanted to get involved why and why you think it's more important for more young people to get involved as well? Yeah, so I think it's really important that young people are always engaged. And I think that's something that now the younger generation we've caught on to. But for a while, the younger generations weren't voting, we weren't involved, and it was really hard because we weren't making our voices heard. And so we weren't necessarily seeing the changes we wanted to see because we weren't voting, we weren't making our voices heard, and we weren't engaged. But now, when we're engaged, we're involved, we're volunteering, and we're voting, we're able to make that change that we want to see, and we're making it clear this is what we want. This is what we need from you as our policymakers. And when we show that and when we make that clear, it can be a really important change and it can be really important just for the good of the nation. Yeah, that, that's for sure. And young people, like you mentioned, have been getting involved so much more recently. And we're so grateful for that. And I think it's because people are starting to invest in young people and provide them with the resources that they need, whether it's at Blue Future or with some of our partner organizations. I actually was part of a movement yesterday where there were 27 young people who got arrested 
for voting rights and put their bodies on the line. And in addition to that, they were hunger striking for 23 days. So young people continue to amaze me every day. Some of them weren't even 18 yet. So it was really, really impressive. So thank you for being part of that movement with this collective of young people. I guess one one thing that I think always stumps people is like, what is the first way to get involved? How do you go beyond just sharing that Instagram story? What would you say to those young people? So I think a lot of people share the Instagram story and go, okay, that's good. I did my part. And it is great to share the infographic because people are going to see that. But it doesn't do enough, right? When we see that we share the infographics and maybe we're informing our friends that we aren't informing a larger group outside of our bubble. So what we want to do is make the first step to reach out to people, look for organizations in your area or even outside of your area. When I was at FGCU, this was pre-COVID, I was able to reach out and have a call with a few people at Swing Left, and that's how I got involved, and that's how I ended up working as a Super State Youth Council member. Just from making that call, starting to volunteer with them, and then a position opened up, and I was able to get that position. So making that first step, and even just reaching out to something that you might be passionate about, an organization that works in that area, it can be good for you, and it can be good for them, and it's going to be good for like I said earlier, the whole of the nation, the whole of your state, and even just your community. So I think it's important that we take the first step and we reach out to groups because a lot of them are trying to reach out to us, but we may not always see it if they're not within our bubble of our social media bubble of how the algorithms are created. So the first thing I started with was because of the Marjorie Stoneman Douglas shooting, how close it hit to home, I was very influenced by gun policy and how that worked. Um, So I didn't always have the most time in high school because I was playing softball and I was doing homework and I'm student athlete, all this, that, and all the other. And as I look back on it, I wish I made more time for organizing at that moment, but I can't go back and change the past. And so now I work to change myself and influence how I work in the future. Once I got to college, that's where I really started to do organizing because I had all this free time, right? I had classes, I had four or five classes and all this free time. And what was I going to do in that free time? And so I took up organizing and my first step was reach out to Moms Demand Action. And by reaching out to them, I started doing phone banking there. I was working on, prior to my transfer from FGCU to FIU, working on creating a Students Demand Action chapter at FGCU. And then when I actually transferred to FIU, we began a March for Our Lives chapter at FIU. While I was also at FIU, I was involved with the College Democrats there. And through all of that chaos and quarantine, I was also working with the Florida for Biden campaign and with Swing Left because both of them aligned with my views on gun policy and also just generally how we should treat people in the world. Obviously, where I started in organizing, my mindset grew from there. And 
I took on a lot more views just from that one starting point of, hey, maybe we can treat people in a more humane way. And so there's a lot of things that I've started to take into my viewpoint, but I think that was my main starting point. That's great to hear that you were able to really such a tragedy and be able to do that action and make sure that it was action oriented and things. And being in Florida, I'm sure it's been difficult, I would assume, given that it has really gone from a purple state to sometimes a red state in many times. And so what were some of the challenges you encountered being in a state like Florida where people were not really willing to change the gun laws and things like that? Yeah. Florida has become a very difficult state to work inside, not just organizing wise, but also mentality wise. You're constantly fighting against the mentality that everything should be the way that it once was. But you keep going, just finding your way and finding that motivation from inside of yourself, right? A lot of times we talk about intrinsic motivation versus extrinsic motivation. You're not getting a lot of extrinsic motivation in Florida. But a lot of times it comes from within and motivating yourself and saying, this is why I'm doing this. And there were a lot of there are a lot of challenges. And Florida has been very unwilling to change, change their gun laws. And they're very willing to change a lot of other things and make things harder for other people. And it's become very harmful. But as you motivate yourself and say, this is why I'm doing this, I have to keep fighting there comes a light at the end of the tunnel in 2022 and beyond. Thank you so much for sharing, Mia. And I'll just say this. I am in Virginia. It is not a traditionally anyways, it was not a red state, but we're we, we're headed back there now with the new Republican governor and just the whole legislative cabinet turning red. So it's definitely been very tough and I can kind of relate in those senses. So for people who are in red states like yourself and people who are unfortunately like my state turning red, what would you recommend or what do you see as a light for young people to continue pushing forward doing these organizings and, and gaining these different skills? What do you see is important for young people to continue finding that light? So one thing I always say about Florida is that it's a red state, right? It went red the last few years, but that doesn't mean it's always going to stay that way. And that's the same way with every red state. Texas can flip blue all of a sudden and no one can see it coming. But it is hard to keep fighting, right? And every time we talk to other organizers, it's okay, this is getting a little bit exhausting. But when you look at the numbers, it's not always this was red three years in a row and it was red by a wide margin. Florida has been red by very small margins. And I think that's something to keep in mind. And even for states that have been red by wide margins, it's important to keep in mind that maybe we can't out-organize those margins, but we can start to slowly talk to people, right? And talking to people is where that starts. And it is a bit of a hard time, but we do have to keep that, okay, mentality of this is not going to be perfect. Nothing in organizing is ever perfect. And as long as we keep fighting and pushing for what we need and what we need as a community, we are going to eventually get there. That's for sure. You can't give up hope and you have to continue that year-long organizing and investment and in building our communities. I think there's a ton of opportunity in Florida, which is exciting, especially with Val Demings running. I'm really excited about that race. I'm not sure if 
we've ever told you this, but the Blue Future team actually went down to Florida in 2018 for the midterms to knock on doors in Miami. And we're hoping to do the same thing again in 2022. So hopefully you can join us. And I'm sure you'll already be out there, but we would love to knock some doors with you in Miami and the sun in November, which would be fun. And we'll be exciting when we win and take back Florida, finally. But Mia, what are you doing now? So first off, I would love to knock doors in Miami this November. But right now, I have recently graduated from FIU. In fall of December of 2021, I graduated from FIU. So right now, I'm still working part-time with my job as a pitching coach. And then I am also working with ELECT and Miami-Dade Dems on a partnership there. I'm the Southern political director, so I'm kind of helping manage their partnership and also say, okay, how can we get young people involved, right? So I'm working on getting groups like Barry College Dems involved, FIU Dems, along with University of Miami Dems and Miami-Dade College Dems, getting all of us involved, getting us to get to a common goal. And while we're there, building a groundwork for the 2022 campaign to get young people to not only vote, but get involved in the campaigns, right? And more on more of a level, not just phone banking, but also doing things that young people can be trusted to do, like getting their own list and going and knocking doors and doing all these other things that they can engage with the campaign on a really high level with. That sounds exciting and that you have your your hands full. Very, very busy. We'll be right back with the Blue Future Stride podcast. Last month in Florida, lawmakers passed a bill that forbids the discussion of gender identity and sexual orientation in kindergarten through third grade. The bill also restricts the discussion in other grades that is not deemed age appropriate meaning individuals could sue schools for discussing these topics in the classroom, discouraging school faculty and counselors from discussing these important topics with students. Other states have also discussed passing similar legislation. This bill is an egregious attack on LGBTQ students. Queer students deserve access to information, and no one should fear mentioning queer topics in the classroom. Reacting to this bill, students and activists have leaped into action across the state and the country to fight for the right to discuss their lives and identities in schools. To learn more and take action, visit Equality Florida at www.eqfl.org. That is www.eqfl.org. Let's do what we can to support queer and LGBTQ students across the nation and build a world where everyone is accepted and free. Welcome back, everyone, with the Blue Future Stride podcast. We're here with Mia Stevenson. Super excited to talk to her a little bit more about her great work in Florida, working with us at Blue Future. And now we're going to shift a little bit into ways that you unwind. Mia, you told us that you live in sunny Florida, beautiful weather, and you're also a softball coach. But outside of all the different work between organizing and helping the youth, what do you do to unwind? How do you relax? But then also, what are some recommendations for other young people who want to find ways to deal with the burnout that we're all dealing with between the nonstop organizing that we're doing and school? My first thing is I find it very hard, like most young people, to put my phone down. I feel like because of Twitter, because of TikTok, because of all the different apps, I sound so old when I say this, but I feel like I'm so sucked into 
all of the things that are happening. And I'm like, I need the constant news refreshment. Like I need to know what's happening. So I do think it's very important for us to put the phone down and just relax every once in a while, although it can be hard. One of my favorite things to do is to read. I also enjoy journaling, but I'm very bad at keeping up with it. So I journal and I read. Journaling is a little bit more if I remember to do it. But right now I'm reading The Making of a Justice by Justice John Paul Stevens, um, which was recommended to me by my constitutional law professor. So I found that book to be very interesting, although I do try to balance out my readings because sometimes when the nonfiction starts to get too much, then you're getting a little too close to real life and you're like, hmm, that's a little too much. So I do try to balance them out and I do also read fiction books. Another thing I do is when I have time, I watch movies. Do I always get through them because I have a short attention span? No, but just the idea of having it there and the ability to maybe sometimes watch it is relaxing. That's really what has been my thing throughout this whole pandemic has been reading. I feel like it's a really great way to relax, but I hear you with if you're only reading nonfiction, it becomes a little too much. So I like to rotate and I actually am part of a, a small book club group and we we try to pick books by women authors and we'll rotate like fiction, nonfiction, fiction, nonfiction to get a good mix of everything because you can't just stick with one all the time. So I, I definitely agree with that. One thing that we really want to ask you before we let you go, this has become a staple question on the Blue Future podcast because our work, as you know, is really rooted in equity and justice. And we want to make sure we're building a brighter world, that blue future that we all all dream about. And so what would the world look like for you to be truly free? What does that freedom mean to you in this country? I think it's hard to find a world where we're all going to be truly free, but I think it involves everyone having equal access to voting opportunities and everyone also having equal access to period products, to different things that they need, food, health care, all of those sorts of different things. And I'm probably leaving off a bunch of things on my list that I can't even think of right now. But having equal access to things that are necessities that not everyone has equal access to right now, those are key components of a world that is going to be truly free. Right now, it is a privilege to have even just little things like the ability to read, right? Like we were talking about even for us, that's a privilege because not everyone has the opportunity to buy books. So I think a, a world where we're truly free involves everyone having equal access to housing, menstrual products, groceries, food, different things that they do need to survive. And right now we just do not have that. That's a great way to put it. Having our needs met, making sure we have what we need to survive and thrive, I think, that should be what's expected and hopefully what we're working towards with our organizing. And, and I think we are and get closer every day. Mia, thank you so much for joining us. It was so great to catch up with you and hear what you've been up to. I know you're always super busy and fighting for change. So we really appreciate that here at Blue Future. And we hope that we can do this again sometime. But thank you so much for joining the Stride podcast. Yes, thank you so much, Mia. <laughs> thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. We will see you in Florida in November to elect Val Demings. It'll be great. 
Music for today's podcast was provided by Eli Silverman Lloyd. Thank you so much for listening today. This is the Stride Podcast with Blue Future. If you're a young person looking to get involved in politics and organizing, you've come to the right place. Check out our website at, at ourbluefuture.us or our social media at Blue Future Now on all platforms to find out how you can make a change in your communities today. Special thanks to our producer, Alexia Klein. You can reach out to her with any questions at alexia at ourbluefuture.us. We'll see you next time.